Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. We're all human and to treat it like every other relationship in your life, because I think so many people look at editors and journalists as like not really human and they don't approach their press outreach that way. Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. How does a startup business get featured on Ellen, The Today Show, Pop Sugar, Real Simple Magazine, and so many more publications? Laura Beck from Lotto Love wanted to make sure gifting and giving back was easy and fun. And she did just that with her charity scratch-off tickets. During this episode, you'll learn that vanity social media following does not resonate with your success, how to pitch the media no matter the size of your organization, and y'all, It's really about powerful storytelling. Let's dive in and meet Laura. Okay, I am very pumped today for this conversation. Laura Beck is the founder of a company called Lotto Love, and I have watched her and been fascinated by her and the company for years through social media. We connected via Instagram. She partnered with me. This is an unknown fact to maybe a lot of people, but I started a desk company back in 2020 when the pandemic first started. So I had a company called Her Desk. And so she was amazing at partnering with me as another female entrepreneur. And she's here to chat all about her amazing company and digital marketing and PR strategies. Laura, welcome to Missions to Movements. Thank you so much for having me. And I, like you said, I'm glad we're connecting in another way. And partnering with her desk was so fun. And I'm excited to be a part of Missions to Movement. 
Thanks. I know we actually get to connect. We're talking via video. And so this is the first time we've actually been able to see each other, which is awesome. We've been chatting a lot through Instagram DMs. Laura, you have this incredible company that you created, Lotto Love. Can you share kind of the origin story of how it all came to be? Yeah. So it really was born from a feeling of feeling unfulfilled, like little joy and a desire to make the world a better place. I know that kind of sounds corny, but it really was true. After college, I moved to Chicago and just like never felt I was in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. I dabbled in a lot of different jobs. And one of the worst, I mean, I hate to admit, I tried selling like quill office supplies door to door at one point. Thank God wow. that was short lived. But yeah, I just, you know, was trying to figure out the next steps and kind of felt like I needed to make a big pivot. So I discovered the Chicago Portfolio School moved into the advertising and design world, and then came to New York for an internship at an ad agency. Again, kind of overcommitted to a bunch of jobs, you know, just wanting to get experience and see what's out there. And during that time, I started working for a lifestyle brand. It was a little bit like, to be honest, emotionally abusive. So it wasn't long before I left. And I started my own branding company and design business. And I had really great clients, really fun projects. If people are listening from New York, the Union Square Holiday Market was one of our clients. No way. Oh, yeah. You're not in New York, right? No, but I used to live there. So I'm very familiar. I used to walk around there all the time. Yeah, I lived in New York for about four and a half years. Oh, awesome. Come back. <laughs> and then we had another client, Broadway Bites, and some like big companies like Miller Coors and Ernst & Young. But I also worked with social good companies. And outside of like buying Tom's shoes when they came out, that was kind of like, my first experience into like what that business model actually is and being on the other end of it. And it was that collaboration that made me feel most fulfilled. And so I realized that, you know, it was time for another change, yet another <laughs> shift in my career. But I was like, wanted to kind of go into that direction because that's what excited me and like made me feel great at the end of the day. So I was actually in the car with my husband and it was explaining like something has to give. And I knew helping others was the most fulfilling thing I could do. So I wanted to create something that used my backgrounds and my talents in advertising and like creative approach to things to make an impact, even if I couldn't be on the ground. And my grandma, who had a love of scratch off tickets, welcomed them at every like gifting occasion. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I think everyone has a story around scratch off tickets, which I didn't really know at first until I started talking about this idea and everyone just gravitated towards a story that they had or a tradition that they had. And so it became like more, it was like pretty commonplace, which I didn't really know at first. And in the car with my then boyfriend, now husband, he equally like loves scratch off tickets. Every gas station, he would buy a handful. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so I actually have the two winning scratch off tickets, usually on my desk, but not right now. But from that road trip of when we came up with the idea of Lotto Love. You know, and scratch up tickets are all about winning for yourself. It's a little like selfish. So thought about like, why not flipping this concept on its head and make it about giving to other people. So it was really their love of playing the game that sparked the idea of like gamifying giving back. Honestly, I mean, I think my real inspiration came from my childhood and how I was raised. And I don't know if I really noticed that at first until I like got a little older, but 
my dad devoted his life to one of service. He, you know, was in the medical field. He volunteered in our community. He was always active at the homeless shelter. And then every March growing up, he would go to Central America for like 10 days at a time. And he helped build an orphanage and helped provide much needed medical care. And then eventually we started going as a family. And the orphanage that my dad had built was like our home base. And then we would travel up into the mountains into these really remote villages. Yeah, which is not something that maybe a lot of people know, but I'm trying to get that story out a little bit more because I really think that was the foundation. So I continued going on these trips until my first year out of college, but witnessing that extreme poverty really just never left me. And it was after those trips that I felt the most inspired and most motivated to do something bigger. So I think, you know, it's combined between childhood and just like trying to find a career that was fulfilling, not just for me, but for other people too. Yeah. For those that have never seen Lotto Love or what one looks like, can you explain what the actual scratch off is? Yeah. Well, here's just a little visual. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So watch on YouTube. If you're listening via audio, you'll be able to see what she's talking about or go to her website. And you can see a bunch of them. But yeah, but walk us through what's on the front and the back. Exactly. So I'll start just kind of giving an overview of the company because it is a new concept. So Lotto Love is the first and only scratch off ticket with a social mission. So we have eight charity partners and counting, and we are working to create awareness and support for a lot of causes around the world by gamifying giving back. Charitable giving, I realized, you know, just it doesn't have to be the way it is like typically you can go onto a website you can make a donation which i think is amazing and we should all do but then you get an email typically about the donation that someone made in your honor and then at that point like the experience kind of just stops so i wanted to change that a little bit and make it more interactive and fun because it can be fun and it the interactive part of it really helps create the conversations around these causes that need more support and that yes. creates more awareness Absolutely. So the point of Lotto Love was to just really make it more interactive, more fun. So we have two ticket lines. This is our win for women line for anyone that is watching. And then we have our basic needs line. So all the tickets provide either clean water, solar energy, nutritious meals, literacy tools, or elementary education for girls, mentorship, leadership training, and then political training as well. Amazing. So if I was to buy one or like a bundle and what happens as I scratch them off? Yeah. So we tried, you know, we really wanted to keep the integrity of the actual like scratch off experience. So it's a matching game. So you basically scratch all of these circles that are on the front of the card to reveal one match. So you have one prize per card. And then once you reveal a match, you flip it over and you find your match on the back. And then it explains a little bit more about the donation that was made in your honor. Oh, that's awesome. And what is the donation per card amount? Typically, on average, it's about 50%. We really wanted to keep kind of that surprise element alive. So some cards give a little less and some cards give a little more. That way, if someone is given like four tickets, they're not winning like the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. So we have a little code at the bottom, which tells us which cards give what. So we know what card donates what prior to someone buying it and receiving it and playing the game. So once the game is played, like 
the recipient doesn't need to do anything to fulfill the donation. We handle that all on the back end. That's done at the point of purchase. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if I was to go onto the site and I bought a bundle of cards and I was to hand them out at Christmas time, for instance, let's Mm -hmm. say to everybody in their Christmas cards and I hand them out, then I've already done the donation through my purchase of the cards. And then they're just doing the scratch off to see like, instead of it being a selfish, I won a dollar. It's, oh, my card gave to this woman's organization based upon like my match. And then they can read more about the organization. Yeah. Exactly. Love that. How did you pick your first charity partners? Yeah. So it was pretty daunting. That was an interesting experience. And you probably have a lot to say about this too, being in the charity world. But I didn't understand with a lot of like bigger name charities that there are donation minimums required to just partner. So that was a barrier at first because I was reaching out to like these big charities that already have a ton of funding. And it was just, I really wasn't feeling like the right fit. So I went to smaller charities that might not have as big of a following that do need more help fundraising. And one thing that was really important to me was looking at their missions and are they creating a sustainable structure instead of just going into these places where they might work, you know, doing some work and then leaving. I wanted to make sure that we're doing something that is going to be like long lasting, you know, give people the tools to thrive on their own once the charity might have to leave. So that was another really important piece of the puzzle. So some charities I've met through like recommendations or people that I knew, but then other ones I was just kind of researching and, you know, finding ones that I believed in and then believed in us because we were a new company and it was, it was a risk for them too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a true partnership. They have to believe in you at the very beginning of what you're trying to do and be excited about it and form that really meaningful partnership. So for the ones that you first reached out to, how many years have you been working with them now? Yeah. So we launched with our basic needs line and that has four charities, Water is Life, Solar Aid, Rise Against Hunger and Lit World. And so we've been working with them since December, like 2017 is like when we officially launched. Awesome. Coming up on five years. I know. That's just like, that's the time frame of it's like startups, right? Yeah. Well, I'd actually say a lot of companies fail like within year one if they can't push through it. So I'd say yeah. you're, you're on a pretty good track. And with that, I think what's so exciting about what you've done is it's really caught fire. And this podcast is called Missions to Movements. And you've truly created a movement in what you've done. And I think there's this assumption oftentimes that good press or big, exciting press can only happen when you've amassed like a million followers and done like this crazy social gathering. And that's not true. So I think you have a couple of thousand, I think what on Instagram, but you've been on Ellen, the Today Show, Pop Sugar, Forbes, like with a couple thousand followers. And I love that. How did that happen? How did that PR bullets kind of all come to be? It's pretty wild. But I agree with you in that mentality of, you know, we think you do have to have a certain number on Instagram to get any type of press. But I also would like to point out too, that I think that number can fool a lot of us because that number doesn't necessarily mean how big of a company it is or how big it isn't or how small it is or the impact that it's having. But it does give credibility. Let's be honest. Like we look at that number and we're like, okay, maybe they're just starting out or like, wow, everyone loves this company. I need to know about it. But I think too, with this day and age, like 
that number can be inflated so easily, you know, people buying followers. And so I think just looking at it with a little bit of a critical eye, I think is important. But, you know, my particular example, like, I think it demonstrates if you have something new, if it's innovative, if it's doing good and like making people feel good. And if you're like the only of something, then people are going to want to talk about it and share it. So I think that's kind of what happened with the Today Show, because I feel like, well, the first like real big press we had was actually a print feature from Real Simple. And that came about through a small business owner here in New York who just loved Lotto Love and said, I have to connect you with the editor at Real Simple. That's kind of like the rest is history at that point. But, you know, the Today Show obviously was a big national television debut. When that came through, Liliana Vasquez was the contributor who reached out. I really thought it was spam. Like, we're so (laughs) spammed these days that you don't believe anything, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I actually was like, this isn't, this can't be true. So they proactively, they reached out to you. Yeah. And again, nothing is guaranteed. It's like just the initial reach out, send product. We'll let you know if the producers select it. So you're on pins and needles. Like, what is this going to happen? Is this going to go through? But yeah, it kind of fell into my lap. But I think the thing that is most important about press is understanding that at the end of the day, it's just, it's relationships. We're all human. And to treat it like every other relationship in your life, because I think so many people look at editors and journalists as like not really human and they don't approach their press outreach that way. So that was something that I've learned is if you're a good, authentic person and you have a brand that people like, like people are going to want to share it. Yeah, 100 percent. After the Today Show, after Ellen, did you see a spike in website traffic in sales or did it kind of like taper off quickly or did it stay consistent? Yeah, so actually, I think that Ellen came about from being on the Today Show because, you know, everyone is watching your local news, they're watching your national news, and people are always looking for like the next story or the next thing. So I do believe that press has a ripple effect. I also want to emphasize too that just because if it's a local news station, that can have like a wild impact on your PR journey, because people are always looking at like what people are talking about, and you know, what they're sharing. So I think that Ellen came from that because it was a few months after or like a month or two after is when they first reached out. Yeah. And they have syndication. So even if it's your like local ABC, the national ABC could pick that up kind of thing. So yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Good point, Dana. So Ellen reached out, she was launching her new subscription box. So that was, you know, a little different bit of experience because that subscription box was kind of like being trickled out over a longer period of time. It was a little harder to track you know, website traffic, if people came from Ellen's box. But the today show, like I was sitting at my the back end of my website, like watching analytics. <laughs> and that was really fun. I would be too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, to answer your question, I, it, you know, I saw that initial spike. And then there were just, you know, some little nuggets along the way that I think came from today's show. So and when did those things happen? So you started the company in 2017. Because I think there's so many, I say this all the time, but nonprofit (laughs) and for-profit are both businesses. We both want PR. We both want either a purchase or a donation. We are both doing marketing. Like there's so many synergies between the two. When you first launched, were you running the business part-time? Yes. 
I was running it part-time for a few years. Okay. So when did it really start to pick up? And like, what do you think made that happen? So I think naturally, just with the type of product we are, the holidays are our biggest season. Q4 is like where most things happen. So I think it was after like two holiday seasons where I was like, okay, I need to actually do a bunch of work prior to the holiday season. And this is going to require a little bit more time. So I think it was after I got through a couple holiday seasons that I decided that I needed to really commit like full time. I mean, with press, if you're doing print, they're looking like three seasons, you know, they might already be thinking about holidays in the next like two months. So yeah. It's that long lead. It's absolutely right. We're recording this in March. And I think print is usually three to four months in advance. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So I decided to really make the shift a couple of years after launching to go full time. Awesome. Congratulations. That's like, I know one of the biggest risk moments of being like, am I going to do this? And you just got to jump sometimes. Yeah. I know press has been incredible. Do you run social media for Lotto Love? What does that look like? And what has the like social strategy been like for generating consistent momentum? Yeah, so good question. I do run it. There was a period when I thought I should hand it over and it just wasn't the right fit. I think with social media, it's can be a very personal thing and to nail your brand voice, especially, I mean, I'm sure a lot of business owners have this feeling of like, it's hard to let go of certain things. Yeah. (laughs) But Oh, yeah. Hand raise. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided that I was just gonna do it again. And I reach out to people as I need them, like, you know, Instagram experts, like to get some advice here and there, but really like down the nitty gritty, I'm pretty much doing it all. And it's interesting, because we're actually in this new phase right now where I'm changing things up, trying some new strategies. Because as any Instagram owner knows, engagement fluctuates. Yes. I mean, it's sad sometimes. It's like depressing to look and see what your numbers are. But it's important to recognize that and then figure out where you need to make some shifts. So right now, I'm really working on trying to be like customer first. Because we have a great community. And once people are like in the lot of love circle, like they're so supportive. and it's really about like, I want to make sure I'm giving them what they need, giving them the benefits that they are looking for. So it's a little less selling right now and more branding. And maybe that's that's not the right thing to say, but no, no, I think that's super interesting. You know, I am all about the latest tech tools to help make your life easier. This episode is brought to you by Feather. Over 1,200 nonprofits of all shapes and sizes use Feather's digital marketing tools to increase engagement, boost online donations, promote events, recruit volunteers, and ultimately do more good. So if you're tight on time and looking for a solution that simplifies and automates your online donor journey, head to feather.co or click the link in the show notes to learn more. That's F-E-A-T-H-R dot C-O. I kind of want to talk about the online journey that someone goes through as becoming a customer of Lotto Love? And then have you seen consistent, like recurring customers of the product? And you mentioned Instagram. Is Instagram the primary social media channel that you focus on? 
It is. It's like you want to be in all places, but then I realized too, I'm going to not do great at one of these if I'm trying to do all of them. So 100%. My biggest thing is pick a primary and a secondary channel, hardcore focus on those and make those the best that you can. And don't try and be everywhere. And just really focus on what is that platform focused on from a business perspective. And then that's what you want to do the type of content there. So you are getting the best performance that you can from that channel, ideally. Yeah. Do you consider like your email marketing one of the platforms? So I don't consider email one of technically one of my social platforms. But yes, email, it has way higher conversion rates than social does Mm -hmm. because essentially, right, social media is usually more of a passive. Even if somebody is saying, yes, I'm going to be your follower, it's still more of a passive. When somebody gives you their email address, they're opting in to your organization and you have like a closer touch point, which I guess was my question about the online journey. Is your first step to try and get somebody to your email list or is it usually to go right to a sale or both? Email list is the first. Yeah. Okay. So we do have a pop-up on our site. We call it a BOGO. So buy one, get one. So if you're with your first purchase, you get a free scratch-off ticket added to your order. So that actually works really well in getting people into like our funnel. And so that's what I hope people do first, especially, I mean, newcomers. And then, you know, the website experience, which I need to update. (laughs) Constantly, (laughs) I just updated mine. It's always a work in progress. It looks amazing though. Thank you. I was checking it out yesterday. Your site looks awesome. Thank you. And very easy to use. Shout out to Lauren Muth. (laughs) okay I might have to get in touch with you she's a great yeah she's a great designer okay awesome so then then it's the website experience which I know I need to work on it is getting more video up there because like I said before like lateral love is a new concept and people only have a short attention span and you need to be able to explain what you're doing how you're doing it why you're doing it within like a few seconds yeah so we're going to be working on some video but The website is, you know, I hope pretty straightforward. People can shop by our basic needs line or by our win for women line. So they're able to choose a little bit of the causes they want to support. But one thing I did want to mention earlier is that the charitable prize is a surprise to everyone. So the buyer doesn't know which ticket is being sent to the recipient and the recipient won't know until they play the game. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I I was torn about doing it that way, but... I think it's just, it's fun for everyone to then figure out what was donated. So you can choose if you want to support our basic needs charities or if you're our win for women. And then you shop based on what you're looking for. We do offer like 10 packs, which are great for corporate gifting or dinner parties, holiday events, because it's like 10 gifts in one. And then we have some smaller packs, which people can then send directly to the recipient, which makes, you know, the gifting one and done. It comes with a greeting card and an envelope. You get a nice little package. Love that. I know I think about it for definitely holidays. I love the corporate gifting idea. That's brilliant. If a company wanted to co-brand them, could they Mm -hmm. with you? Yeah. Great question. We do a lot of co-branding. There are some limitations to doing it to like the actual scratch off ticket, but it is possible to get their logo on here. Just there are some minimum order quantities, but other than that, we do have a info card that comes with every scratch up ticket, which explains like how the game works. 
And that's a perfect opportunity for brands to add their logo, add some messaging. And that is the direction that most brands go because they can put a little personal message on there. They get their logo, their colors, and there's just like a lot more creative freedom. I love that. So it works well. How do you find that most people hear about Lotto Love? Yeah, I actually, I will ask people, like if people are reaching out, especially like a lot of corporate inquiries that we get, I will ask curious, how did you hear about us? Because I I always want to know that. And your analytics can kind of only show you so much. And like you said before, it's like coming from Instagram, then to your website, and then maybe they send an email like five days later, you can't really track that. So a lot of gift guides, people follow gift guides. And we're, you know, we've been pretty lucky that we get included in various gift guides for different holidays. So that is one way. Oh, that's such a good idea. So are you pitching those gift guides now? Yeah, so I never did. And I actually just took a course because I pretty much handle all my PR. I did like outsource it for one month, one year. But again, I just felt that I wasn't ready to do that. But I took this course called Press for Success, which I highly recommend for any small business owner. And I actually learned the anatomy of a pitch. And I was like really embarrassed of what I've been sending out for years before. (laughs) But What did you learn, Laura? What did they tell you about the pitch? Well, first of all, it's like the first few lines are like the most important and you have to have a good hook. You know, editors are receiving thousands of emails a day. How are you going to stand out? So between your subject line and your hook, and then also just like being aware of what they write about is is a big thing. Like what industry are they in? If they're in a food editor, why am I pitching a food editor? Like (laughs) clearly I didn't do my research, you know? Right. So immediately it's just like, next. Do you have a tip on how to find the right person? Yeah. So looking at gift guides, because like normally they're published and they have who wrote them. It's usually like they're kind of churning these out all the time. So chances are they're probably working on another gift guide. So looking at who's writing the gift guides and then just reaching out to them. Because, you know, if they're in the home space, like they're probably going to write another gift guide about home products if you're in that world. And literally, I want everyone to remember that this is not just around Christmas. This could be Mother's Day gift guide, Father's Day gift guide, presents for someone turning 30. I've seen gift guides for business owners like it runs the gamut like think about any type of holiday possible and the press is going to write about it and these usually yield a ton of traffic because they rank really high because they're lists oftentimes so this is a great idea for i would say nonprofit even nonprofits to put if you have a recurring gift kind of item something that maybe is tangible that you offer This is great for nonprofit consultants, even if you have a course or a training that you'd want to list, that could be great for someone. I think we just have to think outside the box when it comes to these. That's such a smart idea. No, that's a really good point because I saw a gift guide the other day. It was like the top 20 gifts that your teenager won't throw away. Like anything you can think about, like there's a reason to gift and there's a way to do it. And going back to the charities is I've seen a lot of gift guides if you're looking to make a charitable donation this year for Mother's Day, here are 10 charities. So charities, it's great for them to look at those gift guides, see who's writing them, and then reach out. Love it. Love it. We've been running our businesses for almost the same amount of time, which is crazy. So I feel for you and where you're at. And Should we celebrate together? 
we should celebrate together. <laughs> well, I wish I had some like confetti I could like pop over here for you. Oh, yes. But when it comes to, I guess, nonprofit orgs that could be listening, other entrepreneurs that are listening in, what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to scale, who's looking to grow? I think we all want that. Like we all want to be able to say we're scaling our business right now. But I think the most important thing is to just be really focused on product and making sure that that is as perfect as you can get it for the time being. Be product focused, be customer focused, because I think if you're solely focused on scaling, then that can be detrimental to your business as well. Because once you like scale, like everything you knew about your business is gone. Like it's a completely different beast. Yeah. So making sure like, you know what your product is. It's at the heart of your business. And to really be customer first, whether that's for B2Bs or B2Cs. I love that. That's such a good point. Thinking about your customer, thinking about your donor. I mm-hmm. give to three different organizations monthly. And I actually just canceled one of my monthly gifts because I wasn't really hearing anything. Oh, no. And I wasn't really feeling like I was getting updates. Wasn't really sure what was happening. And so that donor's journey is and keeping it personalized is really important. And so always focusing and it's always easier to keep an existing donor than it is to go out and get and acquire a new one, of course. So I love the fact that you stay focused on making sure that we have a great product that we're putting out and that we're really focusing on the community and the people that we're serving. I know you have kind of an exciting announcement coming with the cards. What are you testing now when it comes to digital? Yeah, well, it kind of ties into a little bit what I touched on and what you just touched on too is, well, in terms of like digital marketing, we are kind of going into this more of this like world of like fun game. You know, we're still talking about serious issues, but we're going to make this more lighthearted. We're going to make this more engaging for people. So that is a little bit of a new strategy that we're testing out and we're slowly rolling it out. And then we are going to be launching a digital version. We've been actually getting asked this a lot over the years. And it's something I've been thinking about actually doing, but we're going to be doing it this year. So now that I'm saying it out loud, I feel like it's going to make me accountable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's said here right now. That's super exciting. So the cards will be, people will be able to download like a digital version or send a digital version. Exactly. So we're going to keep the physical tickets. I think there is something special about having that like in-hand experience and actually like the scratch-off experience that everyone loves, but we're going to be then taking that to digital. So I think this is going to open up the doors to a lot more corporations that want to do corporate gifting and be able to customize it, you know, because we do a lot of gifting for like big meetings, for employee appreciation. There, We have some customers that are constantly ordering for their employees and having it sent directly to them. And which goes back to a little bit what you asked about like returning customer rate, which is really high for us being only a gifting item because Lotto Love isn't necessarily something you buy for yourself. It's always going to be something that you're buying as you're thinking of someone else. So I think the digital version is going to just make us a little more accessible to a lot more people. That's amazing. I love that. And I think also, do you have the idea of having more collections, so more theme areas? Yes. And it's so hard to choose of like what's next. I mean, there's so many charities that need our support. And I'm not saying like our support, like Lotto, but just collectively all of us, like they need all of our, yeah. 
So yes, we're going to be creating like a gift catalog, which will not limit us to how many charities we can fit on a scratch off ticket. I'll be reaching out to you probably for some recommendations. I would love that. I was going to say, if people want to pitch you, like you just mentioned how you should be pitched, hook, short line. (laughs) (laughs) How can people contact you if they would like their organization to be considered? Yes, they can email me directly, which is laura at givelottolove.com. And then I encourage everyone to sign up for our email list as well. Like you said, you know, we really want to like maintain that communication with everyone. What's their impact? What's happening with Lotto Love? So they know and they're aware, like you said, that's so important. And then also they can reach out on Instagram, like you mentioned before, like we DM a lot, which is a great way to get in touch too. But I think for pitches, mostly via email is just best. Okay, perfect. I want to head into a section called We Must Know. So Laura, we must know which social media and or digital platform are you the most intrigued by right now? So I mean, it wasn't right now, but like when Clubhouse came out, I definitely was intrigued by Clubhouse and I was pretty active on that. I challenged myself to, you know, to join rooms and ask questions and get involved in the conversation. And I actually made some really good relationships and connections there. But I have to say it's really, it's Instagram. I feel like I'm kind of like, getting to know Instagram again. They're changing things on their end. You know, we have to change our strategy and adapt on our end. So I feel like I'm kind of approaching it like a little bit of a new platform. It's evolved a lot. It's evolving a lot right now. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it used to be just like visuals. It's like, put your beautiful photo up. And now it's... (laughs) You know, it's like really important about the captions you're writing and are you telling a good story? And like, I mean, you even need like hooks inside your Instagram caption and like a call to action at the end. Yeah, it's a lot more thoughtful. Exactly. Which, like you said before, like have a primary and, you know, secondary. That's where we're at. But are there any that I should know about? I mean, other than like, I know TikTok, I know Twitter, but like anything up and coming? Not really. I mean, I think TikTok would be really interesting for you. You have such a visual product, Mm -hmm. something that somebody's actively doing, right? And then it creates this excitement moment that you can see in their faces. If people can start to capture that for you and create that user-generated content, I think that would be amazing for TikTok or Instagram for Reels. If you Mm -hmm. can, when you're talking about your video content, I would just have people of all ages showcase people. If I could give a tip, this is just like my Dana tip. Yes, I'm going to write this down. (laughs) I would think about all of those top moments that you just talked about where people can see themselves in. Maybe it's a graduation. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a surprise birthday party. Maybe it is corporate giving and try and create video content that mimics those moments happening. You don't want people to have to think about, oh, how could I use this? They see it and they're like, oh, that makes total sense. I have that coming up. I'm going to go ahead and purchase these things. And just getting all age groups and demographics, I think would be super fun. That's gold, Dana. Thank you. You're welcome. That's gold. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime it can help. Second, we must know is, do you have a must follow account? Is there someone or some brand that you just, it lights you up every time that you see and you scroll through their content? Yeah. So I think right now from like a lot of love, I think a must follow for my personal and must follow for my business are different. So like focusing on lotto love right now, since we're in this like new digital marketing phase of 
what we're testing out on Instagram and our new approach. I have been following this woman, Patrice Pulzer, who is like mastermind at storytelling. And she's all about your founder mm. story and how to write it and why it's important. So that's something that, you know, I've been kind of digesting her content a lot. Oh, I just found her. Patrice Pulzer. Patrice, yeah. and then P-O-L-T-Z-E-R. I'll link to her in the show notes. Perfect. She's used to work at the Today Show. I have no affiliation with like my Today Show connection with Patrice. I didn't even, I didn't know her before, but just happens to be she used to work there. So, you know, she has this media background and really knows why storytelling is so important. Something you mentioned too, and I think your LinkedIn post is that the power of like getting personal and being able to do that in a captivating way, in a way that like relates to your business, I think is really important. So she helps you do that. And then Car Brulehart is like a social media expert, which I know there are a lot of those out there, but she has just amazing case studies and just always knows what's trending and what's going to be happening and has a pulse on just Instagram things. So as we're talking about digital marketing, I think she's a great one too. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to send me the link to her profile. So I can link to her. Amazing. I think what it goes back to is people resonate with people, right? The people behind the brand. I mean, the fact that you shared the story about I was selling things door to door. I mean, that's Sarah Blakely, right? She was doing the same thing too, the founder of Spanx. And look at where she is now. And people relate to you, right? And like the founder, I think one of the top pages on sites usually is the about page. People want to know the organization that they're supporting or the people that are behind it. So I think getting personal is really, really, really powerful when it comes to storytelling and your digital marketing. So lastly, Laura, I like to ask for the audience and the listeners to be able to support you. So I know we kind of talked about this briefly when you're giving some contact information, but is there one thing that you would really like to ask the listeners for help or support on? Right now, I think because we're going to be launching our digital version, if there's anyone in developers in the digital space, I would love to hear from you because we're going to be starting to look for some developers. So would love to connect with anyone that might be part of your community awesome. or anyone listening. And also, I mean, if anyone else has advice on how to spread the word and keep the movement going, I'm all ears. I love that. Awesome. All right. So one more time, just so that everybody can mark it down, where can listeners connect with you? Our website, give, G-I-V-E, lotto, L-O-T-T-O, love, L-O-V-E.com. And then Instagram, which is just our business name, Lotto Love. And you can join our email list via our website. Amazing. Laura, thank you so much. I'm really, really, really excited about the launch of the digital product and everything that you have going on. Thank you for the joy that you're spreading with so many people. And I can't wait to continue to follow your story. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Dana. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? <laughs> to make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories and tag positive equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.